me reading stuff on the road. I'm actually on a road driving right now. I have you guys hooked into my head. I've got my headphones on and my microphone, and I'm talking to you as I have to drive about an hour away for an appointment. So um, we're just doing it this way, and I like it. It's fun. You're in the car with me. I have a Jeep Wrangler. It's an annoying car. I actually hate it. I've just had it forever, so I need to take care of this. Really, my dream car is a truck. I like Toyota Tacomas. Um, extended cab, but not huge, just a little guy. Um, and I used to have a Ford Ranger, and I loved it. I really have no need for a truck, though, so that's probably not what I'm going to get. Um, and I'm not in any hurry. I mean, I'll just deal with this. I rarely drive. Uh, I walk as much as I can, as you guys know. I hope you're walking, too. How are you guys? Tell me about you. What's your week been like? Has it been a rough one? I've got a feeling it has been, and I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, you know, for me, it's just been very busy, but in a good way. I'm, I'm trying to recognize um, that a lot of the stuff, stuff I used to stress out... St- stress out about. There's no need to stress out about it. It was all good stuff. And for instance, um, there's a lot of artists who listen. I always hated my own art openings. I hated them. And I would always claim I wasn't going to attend them and I couldn't handle it. And oh my God, it's so stressful and I can't do this. Well, that last one in Chicago at Western Exhibitions, I had the time of my life and it's because I switched my attitude. And instead of making it all about me, I kind of looked around the room and I thought how amazing it was that that many people, and we had a humongous turnout, wanted to see art, (laughs) like wanted to take time out of their day to deal with art and to be nice to me about it. And my friend Paul and his friend Jeremy, um, who had a show in the other room with me, and it was just like, why would I, why do I have a problem with this? This is all a good thing. So a little attitude shift. I've been dealing with this my whole life. I've had art shows since I was a teenager, and I always got nervous and upset about them. I remember for years, um, because I'm really good when I am on, like I can, I can appear to be having the time of my life, but then as I leave, I get in my car or wherever, wherever I can escape, depending on what city it is, and I just start to cry. That's how it used to be. That happened for years. It's a little dramatic, don't you think? I mean, I look back, and I mean, that was part of my identity, and I was—I think I was almost proud of it or something, but it's bullshit. Honestly, I'm moving on. I, I want to handle things well. I don't want to be a baby. I don't want to... I don't want to make it all about me, ever. I just really don't. I want to be able to handle my life like a sane, calm goes with the punches, rolls with the punches, whatever the phrase is, kind of lady. So that's it. I'm a broad. I've always loved the term broad. I want to be a tough broad. And I am, by the way. Um, You'd be amazed what I've been through and come out alive. I am tough. I'm a tough broad. All right, guys, listen. Listen up. Uh, that's just going to be the intro. I'm going to have to hit pause because I obviously can't read my book while I'm driving. I'm on the 405. Okay, guys, now I'm at a park. 
I'm watching dogs run around. I'm watching kids run around. I'm watching moms panic about things. And what I'm going to read to you today is from a wonderful book that I can't recommend enough. And I have a feeling a lot of you guys are going to respond to this. It's called Daily Rituals, How Artists Work. It's by Mason Curry. That's spelled C-U-R-R-E-Y. I will put a link to where you can find this book and buy it or check it out at the library. It's an Alfred A. Knopf book published in 2013. My good friend Ann Reagan gave it to me. And it has, um, well, let me just list a couple of the um, people who are in this book. They're they're about a page each where... um, you can see, uh, you can just kind of peer into these guys' um, lives. Sorry, someone's staring at me, and I know I look like a creep. Here's some people. Kafka, Proust, Louis Armstrong, Agatha Christie, Eric Satie, Picasso, Truman Capote, Flannery O'Connor, Goethe, Balthus, Warhol, Vincent Van Gogh, Herman Melville, Tolstoy, Mark Twain, Victor Hugo, Charles Dickens. It goes on and on. And you see there's a nice variety of people. And this is a book where you you pick it up and you look at any page, and it's gold. So um, I wanted to share some of this with you. Um, oh, and also just a little bit about Mason Curry. He's a writer and editor living in Los Angeles. His writings appeared in Slate, Metropolis, so many more places. This book in particular, received so much positive attention. The reviews were all extraordinary. People love this book. Um, I want to read the Samuel Beckett entry. Samuel Beckett. Born in 1906, died in 1989. That's crazy to me that he was alive in the 80s while I was alive. I didn't really realize that. Irish, avant-garde, of course, playwright, novelist. He directed. He's also a poet. He lived in Paris most of his life. Here's the entry from this amazing Daily Rituals book. In 1946, Beckett began a period of intense creative activity that he would later refer to as the Siege in the Room. Over the next few years, he would produce his finest work, the novels Malloy and Malone Dies, and the play that would make him famous, Waiting for Godot. Paul Strathern describes Beckett's life during the siege. It was spent largely in his room, isolated from the world, coming face to face with his own demons, attempting to explore the workings of his mind. His routine was for the most part simple enough. He would rise around the early hours of the afternoon, make himself scrambled eggs, and retire to his room for as many hours as he could bear. He would then leave for his late-night perambulation of the bars of Moparnasse. How do I say that? Yeah, Moparnasse. Drinking copious amounts of cheap red wine, returning before dawn, and the long attempt to sleep. His entire life revolved around his almost psychotic obsession to write. The siege began with an epiphany. On a late-night walk near Dublin Harbor, Beckett found himself standing on the end of a pier in the midst of a winter storm. Amid the howling wind and churning water, he suddenly realized that the dark he had struggled to keep under his life and his writing, which had until then failed to find an audience or meet his own aspirations, should, in fact, be the source of his creative inspiration. I shall always be depressed, Beckett concluded. But what comforts me is the realization that I can now accept this dark side as the commanding side of my personality. In accepting it, I will make it work for me. There we go. And then let me read you one more. Let me read another one I've marked is Richard Strauss, German composer, 1864 to 1949. This one's short. 
I just wanted to give you another example of a completely different sort of process. Strauss's creative process was methodical and angst-free. He compared his need to compose to a cow giving milk. Even in late 1892, when Strauss left Germany to recover from bouts of pleurisy and bronchitis in a warmer climate, he quickly established a regular work schedule. He wrote home from a hotel in Egypt. I love this. Hold on. My day's work is very simple. I get up at 8 o'clock, have a bath and breakfast. Three eggs, tea, eingemachtes. Uh, homemade jam is what that is. Then I go for a stroll for half an hour by the Nile in the palm grove of the hotel and work from 10 till 1. The orchestration of the first act goes forward slowly but surely. At 1 o'clock I have lunch, then read my Schopenhauer or play Bezik with Mr. Conze for a piaster steak from three till four i work on at four o'clock tea and after that i go for a walk until six when i do my duty in admiring the usual sunset i do that every day too at six o'clock it gets cool and dark then i write letters or work a bit more until seven at seven dinner after which i chat and smoke 8 to 12 a day. At half past 9, I go to my room, read for half an hour, and put out the lights at 10. So it goes on day after day. How great is that? There's there's just so many people in this book. You guys are going to love it. I know I just sold a lot of those books. Remember, I'm always here on Mondays and Thursdays. Please check me out on iTunes. Check me out on Instagram, Twitter. My handle is R-O-B-Y-N underscore O-N-E-I-L. Thank you for your subscription. Thank you for your emails. Thank you for your time. Remember, I love you. And to quote my dear friend Samuel Beckett, who I did see waiting for Godot in London when I was a mere 19 years old, starring Ben Kingsley. And it was an experience that altered the course of my life for real. I say that with no hyperbole. To quote Beckett, ever tried, ever failed, no matter, try again, fail again, fail better. I've got it memorized. I've read it to you before. Greatest quote of all time. I love you guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye.